0: Are you a military service member or veteran struggling with insomnia? A new study is investigating a non-drug therapy program that you can receive from your computer or a smartphone. If you find it difficult to fall or stay asleep or feel tired throughout the day, internet guided cognitive behavior therapy for insomnia may be a treatment worth exploring. If you or a loved one is a current or former military service member has had a head injury and are between the ages of 18 and 64, you might qualify. For this study, call or text 301 456 5474 or head on over to militaryveterandad.com/sleep. Dory 1, this is Fire Team Delta. Dad's coming home. Welcome to the Military Veteran Dad Podcast, where it is our mission to bring every dad home. I am your host, Ben Colloy. I am a United States Marine veteran, husband, and a father. We will bring authentic conversations to inspire action in your life so we can close the gap between the dad you are today and the dad you want to be tomorrow. This is the Military Veteran Dad Podcast. Hey, guys. Welcome back. This is Military Veteran Dad. I am your host, Ben Cloy, bringing you conversations to help you go from the dad you are today to the dad that you want to be tomorrow. This is episode 156, and today we are speaking with Michael Lee. But before we get into Michael Lee and who he is and why he is here, I got a dad joke for you. When do astronauts eat lunch? At launch time. Get it? Because it's launch, the rocket, and it's lunch time. I know. It's a really bad dad joke. But often, those are the best. But... Let's get to Michael Lee. Michael Lee is the president and chief executive officer of a financial company called FINDEC and has been employed with the company for an amazing 25 years, all the way to the top of the CEO position. Michael's leadership skills were sharpened through years of serving his country in the reserves. He obtained the rank of major, spending 13 years as a military police officer in the United States Army after graduating from college. He also served three years as a civilian law enforcement officer as well. An experienced executive and leader, Michael, excels at mentoring people, and I know that came from the military, guiding them through difficult situations. He has a knack for remaining calm, another military trait that often serves us well in the corporate world. He has a kind of clarity during stressful situations that is often hard to come by. He also has a photographic memory, which comes in handy when traveling or unfamiliar places. And the reason why he is here today is because he is passionate about his family and living life to the fullest. Guys, you want to hear my big takeaway, stay on for the other side. Otherwise, let's get started today with Michael Lee. Today, we are traveling all the way out to California, and I'm talking to Michael Lee, who is part of FinDeck, who has an amazing idea with connection to personal finance, but also he's a veteran. He's an Army National Guard reservist, and just an amazing story of how far he's come, what he's done. So welcome to the podcast, Michael.
1: Oh, thank you, Ben, for having me on your uh, show today. I appreciate it.
0: So a question that I always like to kick off with when you first started in the military, let's go back to pre-transition before you even go into the military. What were you looking for? Like as a person, what did you feel like you were missing? Maybe that the military was going to close up that gap?
1: Well, so it's kind of, when I, when I joined, I have a, a family history of serving the military. So I grew up, my father was in the military. So I grew up in a traditional military life family that people have been in, um, been in the military probably relate to or he had parents that were and so very structured life you know it's it was kind of your typical military family growing up with my dad and my brother one of my brothers ended up joining the navy out of high school and he was three years older than me and i very close to him and he went off and he joined for different reasons but he really enjoyed it and like he it just became a, a great thing for him when where he was in life and so Fast forward three years, four or five years from there, uh, it was 2005. So this was just with uh, Afghanistan, afro war was going. And I was uh, in college and I wanted to serve. I actually wanted to serve out of high school. I wanted to join ROTC in college. I I definitely wanted to go to active duty, make a career in the military. Uh, A lot of it's my father, you know, talking, being around my father, but things changed my senior high school, so I, I couldn't go that route. So continue on, and then fast forward again. To 2005, here I am on campus. Uh, everybody in the world's recruiting people for the military right now, and I came across a captain, army captain from active duty that was on campus recruiting. Ended up just talking to him, and uh, about a day later, I found myself in the recruiter's office. Uh, you know, looking at going into the army, and so. Um, I don't think I was actually really looking for anything and from the army more to just looking to want to, I guess, do my part, but was because the basis of how I was raised. And so I thought it was, I thought it was a good way for, to do my part. I didn't have no idea conception of what that was going to be or anything like that. I was single. So it made sense. I was a little older, but I was still single, you know, just growing in my mid twenties. So to me, it was just kind of more of kind of a perfect storm of everything going on around in the world. And me just saying, I want to join because I want to, like my brother, he joined because that was his, that was an option that was the best option for him at the time. So for me, it was just more about, Hey, you know, this is, I want to do this. And this is my opportunity now because I couldn't do it when I was a senior. And so I just, I did it. So next when, thing you know, I was in the, in the army. When you were in this time frame, did you feel
0: like you had it? I mean, you probably did because most of us in our twenties do, as I think about leading up to the question here, but did you feel like... You were living, like, did you have a plan, or were you kind
1: of just like floating at the time? Still, well, I was, I was definitely living. You know, I was going to school, I was in college, and I was working for findeck at the time. So, as a college student, but I didn't know what I wanted. I mean, like you said, I don't think anybody knows what. And now, looking, but we back... we definitely I, try to sell it. Yeah, we tried to Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm, I didn't know what I'm doing, and I got a big master plan. Now looking back, 20 years later, I was like, I had no clue what the heck I was doing back then, and. So I, I didn't. I just wanted to. I wanted. I think I would be honest to say, if probably the wars were not going on, I probably wouldn't have joined. Because when I joined, I was older, and I I, I wanted to do. I wanted to be a pilot, but I knew that wasn't possible because of vision. So I really. I, I think I joined just because of really because of certain things. And I know this is going to sound really corny, and a lot of people say this, but it was just my duty at the time of what was going on. Um, but I can say I grew up in a family like that, that, you know, that was kind of expected of you that you would do your role. And it kind of actually been, it morphed into something more when I got into the Army. That's kind of, so I kind of think I did it backwards. I kind of found something once I was in that I didn't even really know, even growing up in that kind of environment. Although my dad wasn't in the, actively in the military it was uh, as I was, as I was growing up as a kid. But it wasn't until I like got into the, to the military and got there and I was like oh wow this is I really do like this this is who I this is this is very similar to who I am these other people and how I like to do things and structure and all these different things and so I kind of found a home once I was there not looking to go find one because like I said um you mentioned I'm a, I was a reservist so I went in thinking I was only going to do this one week in a month couple weekends, a couple weekends you fell hook line and finger summer. for the brochure. Yeah. I wasn't ex- expecting to actually go into it to become active duty. I wasn't expecting, I was expecting to stay with Findeck. This was more fulfilling a different kind of side that I wanted to serve and do my role. And I thought it was going to be like six years because that's a contract for, for reservists coming in for what I was doing. I thought six years I'd be done, you know, and, you know, 13, 14 year, years later, you know, you're almost you're over halfway to 20. So. It was more once I got in, I found stuff and that was probably, it was harder than on the reverse side because I know we'll probably talk about this coming out because for me, I, I, I got a lot more out of it once I was in than when I was originally going in or wasn't originally signing up to join the military.
0: I'm interested to see, because there's a couple different places where I thought about going, but then you kind of I just had a thought connect. You essentially work at the same place you did when you joined. So you almost had like this constant like pie. It was always 3.14 while the outside world was chaotic, changing, married, kids, life was continued to grow. Any thoughts connected to like from like having that constant of one company that while also like everything else is changing on the outside, like did that support it or did that make it almost difficult because you were maybe tethered to one company while everything else was changing?
1: Well, it actually made it easier. So being a reserve soldier where there is a lot more flux, that's for sure. You know, I saw both both all sides, components of the military between active duty and reserve side and reserves. You definitely get pulled more because you're going, you're coming, you're going, you're coming, you're going, you're coming all the time. And uh, by the time you get in the reserves, when you get get somewhere or you get called up or you're going to do something, it's time to turn around, go back home. They send you back home because you're done. And so FinDeck and having that one tether job at home actually probably made it easier because that was a constant at home I came back to. So I didn't have to adjust coming back to find a new job like many soldiers, many, many people coming back when they were bouncing back. They get deployed for a year. Um, They not lose their job, but maybe they they obviously had to leave their job and then they come back and then they have a lot of unknowns because they got to find a new place or a new job. So for me, it actually made the transitions a little easier because I could, I, it was constant back at home, 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 where, you know, I, I, had my same job, the same people were there. I had my house there. So I didn't have to give that those things up every time I would have to leave. So for me and made and made being <clears throat> gone easier and coming back, but it actually made going harder because I was always leaving stuff there. So a lot of people, when they left, they didn't have, they could leave, they could, they could disconnect or they, they didn't have much stuff tying them down. So they would, they would leave for me. I was always felt like I was getting pulled back both ways. Cause I had stuff on both sides, both when I was in serving or I was back at home. So it was, it was good yet. It was harder. I think kind of, I have the reverse cycle of it where a lot, I had that stability, which was a great thing, which I loved. Um, but then I felt like I was almost like cheating on my home because I knew I had a lot of responsibility and it's like, what do I do? Do I keep doing both? Or do I have to do one? Cause I'm really fulfilled here, but I like it, but I like, you know, so it was, it, it, it was challenging. Cause I saw a lot of soldiers um, given my positions in the military and stuff that, you know, a deployment would come up and they would take it in a heartbeat not even think twice about it. They're like, we're out of here. I'm gone, ready to go. Uh, and for me, I had to sometimes think because I was leaving a lot more, um, and VinDec was a full-time job, just like when you do, when you're in active duty, it's a full-time job. So it was really hard to balance those two aspects of your life and then stay true to yourself and try to fulfill yourself personally and what you want it, want out of it or what you want out of life. So
0: what would you say to someone who's having a hard time trying to stay true to themselves while their world stays in flux, either through something similar to yours or just in general, like where someone struggles to connect that?
1: you have to be honest with yourself. And it came a point, you know, after 13, 14 years, I, I could have kept on doing it, but I think it came to, a, I mean, it came to a point. It's like saying what uh, being okay. I think it's being okay with it. I think a lot of times, especially in us in the military, you know, it, we don't like to quit. We don't like to give up. And I think for a lot of us, when we leave the military, even if it's, we know we're leaving, it still is like that back of your head, like, Oh man, I'm, I'm leaving my battle buddies or I'm leaving people or I should keep doing more. And so I think it's hard to be okay with that and then come, come home and try to establish, I know we talked about this before, like establish that new, that new home you have and what that's going to look like. And, and more than just physically going home, like starting a relationship or starting a new career, because a lot of times you have to start a new career when you come out of the military. And that's hard to do because, um, I mean, it's hard to do because I see it on my civilian side being on both sides of the spectrum. It, you know, it's hard enough. And on Findex, when we hire somebody that's in maybe their thirties and forties that come to work for us, that's hard to change careers at that point in your life, because you've done something for so long. So it's hard to expect veterans all of a sudden at f- mid forties to come, come home and then say, okay, time to learn a whole way new life now at 40 some years old. And it's going to probably be the exact opposite of your military life. Cause not much is not much in the civilian worlds, like the military life. So I think you first have to kind of find out first be okay with that process that that's going to happen. And that it, because I see a lot of times people will come home and then they want to go back in or they'll, they'll go work for the government on the civilian side because it's still similar to the military, but you can be a civilian. So have a little more, you know, a little more, um, stability, not so much of the military going, coming and going type aspect. So, but then again, is it, I mean, are they, are they really, I know you and I talked about this, are they really coming home and, you know, changing, or are they just coming home and kind of finding an alternative world that's still similar? So I'm home, you know, I'm doing air quotes for the people that are, Listen, they're to still this. hiding or running from something is what kind yeah. of word you're, to come you're to home and air quotes, but you're really not. Cause you just kind of found another aspect of the military type life through the civilian type contracting type of life. Um, cause I have a lot of friends that have gone the contracting route after the military and I'm like, you guys aren't, you guys are still doing it. You know, you're not, you haven't come home yet. And their families are wondering if you know, that's, It's a very common tale. And there's
0: probably something else that goes with that is you can still use some of the same military excuses of, oh, they need me to do something or it's going to be a late night. And I think like as an active duty that or even anytime you're connected to the military service, there's that easy out of, oh, my unit needs me to do something. And most people won't call you out and they're just going to assume that you need to do that. But when you don't have that like absolute commitment from like someone giving you an order. there's a lot of, uh, easy carryover where you could hide under that same language of, Oh, I gotta still, I gotta be here or even just lie to yourself. Maybe no one's telling you to be there. And that's what you just told yourself that you need to be there because you're still hiding from that. So I could easily see how that plays in that too, that as well.
1: Oh yeah. Sure. And I have a, um, a good, I know you said about stories and I have a very recent story. Um, I know, uh, it's two people Let's say, I know two people and they've started, um, dating and, I end up meeting the uh, meeting, meeting the people. Uh, The male is the one that was in the military for a very long time. And now they're not, and they're in contracting. And I want to say, I love both these people, but I think this is a great story for us in the military of how we struggle. And then people that end up meeting military veterans, right. And they don't understand the dynamics of what we're kind of talking about right now, because I think just as much as veterans need to know how to, navigate this. So does the civilian world because it takes people to understand how to navigate it for them, what the pull is, what's that lure that keeps us sometimes looking in that past or how do we let it go? And so I ended up meeting uh, the person and their contractor. And I remember after meeting them and I came home and talking to my wife, I said, you know, that's going to be a tough relationship because I, I could tell already, you know, that the military life is their life. And that it's never going to change. And so it's going to be really hard for them to have a relationship because he, they had, he he hasn't come home yet. He hasn't embraced that home, that new home life yet. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, this is not a negative. It's just the way of what happens. And fast forward, that's what kind of happened. And that, that pull is always keeping, it's like you just said, Ben, well, they, you know, I got to go work extra hours or I got to stay late. And so you, and then you end up, you're just dating somebody in the military. And then, and then for the military person, they're they're struggling with that balance, right? That how do you come home and, you know, say okay, I'm done with that part of my life, but I remember talking to this person, great person, they love that life, they love being, you know, his contracting jobs out in the field. He loves being out in the field. That's just so it's it's that how it's it's like you said, how do you balance it? How do you not get pulled back? Um, What I hear in that is so. One thing that I've
0: learned through three years and over three years of this podcast is for those types of people, we join the military to find meaning. And the military is very good at issuing it and it delivers it every single day. It'll give you that drug and that feeling of meaning. But the problem is, once it's ended, we either like self destruct and trying to find meaning in why my friends die and I came home. Or we try to just find meaning in the work because we don't actually find value in our own life. So we need something else to issue it to us. And there's a crux within that switch is that we're always trying to find value in our service and create a legacy with our service. But the real switch that most military members aren't doing. And the reason why this podcast exists with family as our legacy at the bottom is because that's a switch is when you find meaning in the pursuit of being a dad or caring for your family. Like that's the switch when you can detach from it doesn't matter what I do, I am still a good dad. I am still who I am. I don't need something from the outside world to make me whole is a thought that I often coach dads through because the, especially if you di- if you joined with some type of dysfunction in your life. If you joined from some type of trauma that you were running from or maybe a dumpster fire of a family or a neighborhood. You're going to keep running until you stop trying to find meaning in the outside world, and stop running from what happened early on.
1: Yeah, uh, my brother is a primary. I, I, I know we've spoken before we started this podcast. I had a brother that entered the military for the pretty much the stereotypical reason is you know that was that was the only option when he graduated high school. That that and it worked. It gave him meaning, like you said. It was like from day one of basic training, he finally had meaning and a purpose. And it took him a while he, he served and, you know, he came out, but he, I know when he came out, it took him a while, but then he found meeting other places that replaced that. And all of a sudden he's like, I was like, you know, he had a good career. He's in the Navy. Um, and I was like, you, you're a good, I was like, yeah, I, you know, my family, I have, I have meaning now that's not through the military. And cause he kind of, what's interesting is he took his skill sets that he got from the military that gave him meaning and purpose and figured out where to apply it in the civilian world. And then he realized really the military didn't give him the meaning, the purpose. They just kind of gave him the platform or the, the training to kind of give you what you want to, what you like to do. But he realized like, I can apply this in the civilian world. Uh, he was a rescue swimmer. So he's like, well, I can go do this for lawn, civilian law enforcement. Um, they need them. I'm already trained. So it's a slam dunk. And so he went and did that and then he could be home. And then he started a family and then he was still doing what he loved. But it was, it was more more in his control. It was balanced. It was not it, it was something he did to
0: enhance his life, not to complete his life.
1: Correct. And I think I, I even had to figure that out, things like you said, when I went in, uh, I was a little different, didn't go in because I needed, I didn't have a plan per se or struggling with school or struggling with other things in life. I went in because I just wanted to serve. But when I got in, I kind of got that drug. I was like, wow, this is really fun. This is really good. This is really who I am. This is what I should be doing the rest of my life. However, over the 13, 14 years, I obviously, like many people, started a family and started to have, you know, your life while you're serving. And then I realized, you know, my meaning is not the military. That's not who I am. It's just what I do. And so I realized over time, I think this is with dads, especially because you see a lot more uh, right now you're seeing a lot more men than women. So I had more experiences with men than women in my units is the military is who they are, right? This, this is what I am. And they would have kids at home and all this stuff. And I was like, well, no, but you need to go home to your family. This is going to be here tomorrow. You'll come back tomorrow, but this is not, this is not who you are. And so I had to kind of, I kind of got really sucked into it a lot more um, and then when I was, when I was going through these dilemmas, these back and forth, usually it started around or it started like probably around year nine and 10, uh, being in, I was like, wow, I, it's my daughter's, you know, saying, Hey, when you're never home and all these kind of things, so I, well, no, I'm am I'm home. I'm a dad, but she was, she was old enough to express like, but you're not here. And I think you said that, like, I, I thought, cause I physically would come home that I was here and there, but she was saying, you're not here to do these things with me. And it's like the
0: leave it to beaver checkbox. Like as long right. as he's sitting on the couch, reading the newspaper, waiting
1: for dinner, yeah. he's home. Yeah. And then, so I was like, oh, you're kind of right. And then once I would, I got out of doing the military and then I'm home, I found the new meaning. I found really what I was, you know, his meaning as being me and it's not somebody else or some organization or some unit, which, but that's what the military, te- military teaches us, right? You're fighting for your unit. You're fighting for- yeah. The idea of I doesn't exist.
0: So it's like, no. so there was something else that you were, I don't know if I've had this thought before, but the military is really good at revealing who we have the potential to be, but it often doesn't like give us the accountability to step into it as our own identity. We still feel like this is a military S thing that we're just issued and that it's not really us. It's just an opportunity we get in this military unit and it's magic that only happens there. And then the the real crux of transition is realizing you are always that person. You will be always that person. You have an opportunity to be that person and step into. Because I can imagine as you had more of the military reveal what your potential was, your ability to show up at FinDeck was even stronger because you, you eventually were able to transition like this. This isn't something that I can use there. This identity will actually carry over here. And by the way, it's really valuable over here if I can translate it properly and. Have a deeper impact, even bigger than what you can do in the military.
1: Oh, for sure, I, 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 it is because when, in especially on the reserve side, you know, reserve soldiers are. It's a really unique because you'll you'll come into this unit, two hundred plus soldiers in my unit, and they're all reserve soldiers. So I have two hundred plus unit soldiers that have full time careers: electricians, plumbers, uh, law enforcement, truck drivers, doctors. You name it. That's what they do full time and they come in and they make this unit unique because it's kind of an interesting dynamic on the reserve side because yes, you're fighting for a large organization, there is no I, but it's all these individuals with these individual skill sets that makes us so great. We just never in the military, you're just hammered home that it is not I, it's about the team. But in all reality, that's what makes teams great, right? Is all these individuals coming together to bring their skill sets and their knowledge, and you make the organization really great. And I think that's like you said been going back to findec is when i came back to findec and eventually just spent got out of the military everybody would said is you you have all these skill sets from the from the military that we see you applying at findec now that's made the organizational be- organization better so i think a lot of military veterans you know when dads are coming back is like you don't have to give up what you were doing you don't have to all you're doing is you're just saying you know instead of being gone all the time I'm going to be home, but you still can get the same fulfillment. You can still do what you did there. You can still be a part of, a, you can go work for an organization where you have that, that feeling that you get in the military It is out there. You just might have to find it a little harder, but I think, I don't think it has to go away. It's just kind of a different evolution of it, I guess, you know, stealing from the military something that's like you're evolving into something, but it's still the baseline is still the same where you're coming from. It's just a little, the environment's different. That's all it is. Um, you
0: opened up another question, and I've never even considered this just because I was active duty, so I never experienced it until you described it. But I can imagine having that many unique lives coming together and all essentially being labeled as one and, and putting a uniform on that all look the same, but they've all seen the world 10 times differently than just like an active duty boot camp unit that comes from all different walks of life, but they haven't really lived life yet. So they're all still kind of just figuring it out yet. I'm wondering how did that like collection of all those perspectives. Cause I'm a big believer. Like the one thing that makes transition hard is we don't have a wide enough view of like where we could actually go and what we could do with their life. So I'm wondering being surrounded with all those different types of people, did that help you even see more freedom financially in your life? Even now with what the work that you do?
1: Sure. I mean, cause and I, I, you know, like I said, FinDeck was always in my back pocket. So, you know, if I, if I was done with the military or, you know, I was like, oh, I just can't do this anymore. I knew in the back of my head, I had it an out and I, which is different than active duty. Like you said, you come in active duty. Most people come in active duty are 18 years old and they start 18 year olds from the day. They go to basic and they could be coming out in the mid forties, but their whole life's been in the military. The reservists on the other side, reservists usually start later. I mean, most reservists come in around 27, 28 years old at basic training, and then they go into reserve time, but they've already started a career or been doing stuff besides the military after 18 years old. So your perspective of the world and what's out there and how you can transition is definitely a lot more um, easier, I think, for reservists, because we saw a lot been with active duty. So in my reserve units, and I think, again, this is that you've been talking about it is they keep coming back. So a lot of times we would get active duty soldiers that did their contract, uh, usually four year contract, and then they would get out And then they didn't know what to really do. So what what the easiest solution was, well, I'll go be in a reserve unit then because then I can still kind of be in. I can still get that feeling of belonging in that. I take
0: the can down what I want want, to do when I grow up down the road. And that's
1: a very, that was very common. I saw that all the time in reserve units where they come back in and then they're kind of caught in purgatory because like then the reserves is kind of just putting a bandaid on something where they, you know, they don't really want to be there they don't know to transition out where to go what their purpose is because the whole purpose since 18 years old was the military and so but for traditional reservists that come in later on you don't see that as much because what do they do they'll go back to their company or they'll go back to their job that is right down the road you know literally some of these soldiers live 10 minutes from their unit Um, like active duty but it's still different because it's not an active duty base it's not in a military housing, you're, you know, you're going back to the world of everybody else, majority of the population. So that transition is a little easier than say active duty. And like, so like I said, the very common is the active duty uh, veterans coming out and then coming back into the reserves or the national guard just to be around that again, because it's hard and I can't imagine, I never did active duty that way. I only did active duty for deployments and training and such. So I can't imagine what it was like to just be on active duty for six, eight, 10, 15 years. And all of a sudden be like, you're done. Okay. You don't have that at all anymore. What do you do? Where it's like you said, where is that meaning? Where is that purpose? And I never got- had
0: this thought either, but I can imagine it, uh, that if you did do what you just said and went into the reserve routes, there's a moment that hasn't happened yet that will probably happen 3 years down the road when you check in with someone or you see someone that you left the active duty with at the exact same time killing it and just thriving in what they're doing. You're going to magnify the feeling that you were you were too afraid to get on the field of life and start playing and all you did was hide. And you may not have that language, but you're going to feel that feeling when you see it. You're going to when someone posted on Instagram, you're going to be like, "Wow." We both left and started at the same time. I'm here still feeling sorry for myself. That guy did it and I didn't. And like that moment is where these thoughts of maybe I'm better off without here me being here. Like that's where those thoughts get oxygen and start to, to grow a little bit is when we see other people doing things that we then think we're not capable of.
1: Oh, sure. Sure. And it's, it's, it is. And it's, if you don't. I think that's the hardest thing with veterans when you leave is if you don't really have that extra strategy or what you're going, because in the military, that's what you're taught. This is your, this is your mission, go accomplish it. And there you're, you're pretty much always given your mission. I mean, that's, it's not something you figure out most of the time. It's your, here's your mission from your higher headquarters or your Sergeant, your squad leader, your platoon leader, company commander, whoever it is giving out missions, here's your mission. You go accomplish it. When you get out, nobody who's giving you the missions now nobody's giving you the missions to go do and i know that's really that's what's hard is it's i think that's why a lot of people come back in the reserve side is cuz now somebody's giving them missions again it gets them it gets them from that one week into the next week in each month like this is what i'm going to do this next month i have this training exercise or i have to go to my unit and i think that is really hard for veterans sometimes is to all of a sudden you know you you love the life you're living it and then now you have to go and give yourself the goals. You have to give yourself what I want to do. And like you said, it's kind of the military does a great job of giving it to you from day one. Um, So I know that that's a hard transition. So for me who had, I already had my mission, which was FinDEC. So I had that always there giving it to me on the the personal side, side, the civilian side. So when I was coming out, completely coming out, I was stepping right into my next mission that is ever, it's going to be ongoing for until I retire, obviously but it was there for me. So that was that, I think that did help me because I know if I, I like, again, my wife asked me, do I want to go back in? I don't want to go back in. I just miss the people. I miss, I miss my buddies. I miss all the people I worked with, but that, you know, what I'm doing now is very fulfilling because I'm helping and working with people just like I was in the military. So I'm, I'm leading people at my organization, which is what I love to do. So I think sometimes you have to Again, why I said when you asked the question, the very beginning to start this podcast is figure out what what you enjoy. And I think sometimes people say, well, I enjoy the military. Well, that's just kind of what you do. But what do you enjoy when you, what you do in the, is it being a squad leader? What would you do every day for free? Yeah. Yeah. Or what part of military life did you do? You like If you were a pilot, you, well, you like to fly. Well, then go, there's, you know, pilots are hurting in the civilian side so that you can find a lot of meaning and come home and still do what you love. Which is really flying or if it's a mechanic you know you love working on vehicles well you can easily come home and still do what you love and have meeting, just you know be at home and then you have something that a mission that you're working towards continuously instead of like you said you comparing because that comparing is a thief of life and you do see it a lot with veterans comparing it to the other ones or to people that are out at the same time you know why are they killing it or why are they doing this and i can't do this why am i not able to do this so
0: I'm interested, and I almost would take a guess as a yes, within the work you do at Findeck with financial like freedom, designing what you want to leave behind, like your legacy. One thing that I can you probably see more often is what people really lack to even see a product like Findeck getting them somewhere, or any financial investing getting them somewhere. They lack perspective, and I'm curious: like, is there a common perspective that you run into a lot that people just aren't gathering or even getting? In the process of life or how they've set up their life to be able to see because the big thing with like anything financial is like it's a it's removing the burden that money puts you into of being a slave to it and so the more you can expand that the more you can change your mindset around it the more abundant life becomes and you can start living well beyond what you think you can do right now But that perspective isn't something that most people can see
1: no and i So this is where I think like military veterans have such an advantage over so many people in the world is because when you serve most, you're traveling, not just our country, but the world cultures, you know, all these different places you're going, you're getting these, all these new perspectives about how people live, how people do things. And I would say that it was the military that gave me a lot more perspective than what I do now for FENDEC because I traveled the world. I went out, saw other places, other countries, other cultures, people professions. And so when I came back and now I'm running, I'm, you know, doing Finnex still, I have such a bigger perspective of how things work and how, you know, and using these different experiences that I had through the military to make it even better. And I think that's, you know, you, you do see it, Ben, you see a lot of people that are, you know, doing things or, but they're very, they're very limited in what their knowledge or experiences are. So that makes your options limited. Because you're you, everything you do in life is based off your own personal perspectives and your experiences. So if you don't have a lot of different experiences in life, then most likely you're going to follow a more narrow path of how you do things because that's all you know. So I think when you when you equate it to military military veterans, especially when they come back, especially the veterans of the last twenty some years with everything that's been going on in, our, in the world and the things that the, the military's had to do and go, there's so much advantage they have because they're coming back and they've seen different things they've seen that they can that and it's such a it's such an advantage to organizations to have that a part of your team when organizations are looking to hire people and find people they want people with all these different experiences and knowledge base because it just makes them more valuable because you don't it's like the military when you're in the military and you get, you're doing something you don't know what's going to happen the next day and so you have to use your and i was in civilian law enforcement too for a while so that's the same thing is that going there and getting those experiences allows me now to how to run them, my business because I have all these different experiences and perspectives. So I think, again, mil, when the military, you come out of it and you come home, you think it's over because you're not in the military yet. You're It's actually just beginning and you're going to use all this experience from the military to even... To be even, altered. you're sitting
0: at a powder keg. That's often how yes. I describe it. Yes. Like, and you're you trying. Are. Your next objective is to find the fuse, yes. because it's, you have something that only seven percent of the population has at any given time, and if you can
1: unlock it. Like, sky's the limit. But and even, it's it's amazing how that's so blinded because of that that kind of drug you get from the military. It's just or like, even the
0: guilt, maybe like just the emotional baggage of. You just want to run and leave behind everything because then you just assess the entire thing was unvaluable and it was just a waste of your time. And then you discredit every lesson, every purpose, every friend that ever came into your life or every friend that no longer is there. All you're doing is just pushing that away. And we recently had the podcast last week and he was talking about how he has tattoos on his arm of his four friends that are no longer here. And Essentially, if he would have stopped running from those memories or if he would have kept running from those memories, those guys would have never been remembered. He actually carries around a picture on the day that they they died to let everybody know about this person like that. He takes a ride. He rides in their truck. He goes to the gym with them. And like those lessons and perspective is part of who he is. Like he brings the character, the funniness and all these different things. These other people were into his life every day. And I think even just from financial freedom, like you have so much value from all the people you run into, especially which we just talked about the reservists. I mean, how many people would just pay to have a conversation with a doctor to understand like, what's it like to make a half million dollars or $200,000 or whatever they make that time. Like you, you would be hard pressed if we have a doctor have any spare time to give you, to give you any perspective on how they see the world. But here one week in a month and two weeks a year, you get a networking facility of, all these different ways that other people have designed their lives that most of us probably have never even looked for. We just see it as another
1: weekend. Well, and I think that's, I mean, you have a podcast you said you run for a couple of years. I'm in a business, my business is all about networking. I mean, you, you can't ask for the textbook definition of a business that needs a network than financial planning, financial retirement planning, because it's all about when you're dealing with people's money, it's all about re- personal referrals because money is such a, such a, personal thing to people. So they're not going to just open the yellow books if that even exists now, but they're not going to open the yellow books and call John Smith at financial advisor and give them a million dollars. So I think for military people, because you're in the military and you travel and you, you, I mean, on active duty, you change units all the time when I mean, you're forced to. So you have such a large network that you can tap into, even when you get out that can help you through that transition to continue going. You're just going to do it differently, but you should be, you should be reaching out to them. Like you said, not looking at your buddy that got out and is killing it, but calling them and saying, Hey, what did you, how are you doing this? What have you been doing? And they might say, well, I did this. I did this like, Oh, I know how to do that. I can do that. Well, that's easy. I think it's just, once you get out of a military environment, where it's so controlled, you do forget you're an individual and that you have many skill sets and you're very strong. You just kind of have to, you have to take a little more of the leading role. And that's harder. I think for that's hard for anybody in general. But then when you are in the military, where the basis of being in the military is about the greater good, it's hard all of a sudden to become, think about yourself only first. I mean, that's what you're basically doing. So I got to think about myself first and how do I take care of my family myself to keep going? And that's, that's, that's hard to do uh, for anybody, let alone people that have grown up, been in the military because of the way it's structured, as you said, so I think your networking is is such a, and I still, to this day, I still have ex-soldiers that are still around that reach out to me for advice on planning. And, and I, they and updated that language, by the way. It's no longer ex-soldier, it's Soldier for Life. Oh, Soldier for they Life. They absolutely so like, the other version. Yeah. Soldier for Life will reach out to me, and I'm not even a licensed advisor. That's not what I do in my organization, but they'll still reach out to me and say, hey, Michael, you know, this is what's going on, or what do you think, or, you know, and I'll say, we'll do this or do that. And these are Soldier for Life people that are no longer in, that are still reaching out to their network. So I think we just forget that sometimes that you can still be a soldier for life. Like you said, Ben, without being in the military. And I think that's, I think it's like for us, it's like either one or the other. Well, if I'm not a, if I'm not in, I just can't be in. I can't. And I think you can, you can still be in again. I'm using air quotes for our non-video it's you can, you can be in, you can, you're never not going to be a soldier once you're a soldier. But you just kind of have to adapt and change once you're not doing it full time anymore. And I think that's the difference. I don't think people realize that you're just adapting to a new mission, to a new new way of life. But you're still using those same skill sets that were given to you or that you enjoy or that you are really good at, you know, to keep that going. And I was just talking to a
0: new Air Force veteran. He's been out only two weeks and he had a whole bunch of dreams and a bunch of ambitions. But he he, he had ideas, but he lacked width. And so often, and he was just a four year active duty. So, I mean, like he was just doing his time and then he, he got out. And so, in those types of mindset, there's you can see the world, but there's still a part of almost just American society where we don't seek out adventure or we don't seek out that perspective. And one trick that I've recently been using, and it's been something I call now like designing your legacy. And sometimes there's a certain type of individual, I'm sure as I tell this, you're gonna be like, yes, I've seen many of those people where the rut is so deep, they can't see on left or right of the flank of actually where they could go. Even if you gave them permission to dream, they're like, I don't know, I see dirt. And the only difference between a rut and the grave is the depth. So I mean, depending on how deep it is, you might not even be able to see the horizon. And you're like, all I see is grass clippings maybe. Well, one trick that, and I did it with him as well, is like giving them a million dollars in their mind and giving them a million dollars to dream is like building scaffolding inside the ditch that you can get a better perspective. Because it's almost so crushing sometimes when you're in that pit to even imagine how life could be different. But I always say, like, okay, I just transferred a million dollars. What do you start doing with your time tomorrow? And some people have even a hard time with that. And sometimes they'll come up with like, oh, I would do all this traveling or all these things. And my favorite question to ask after they've dreamed up everything, and then what? And then what? And it just gives them this permission to move beyond the patterns of their life or that rut that they're stuck in. And to me, that's like the crux of what keeps veterans stuck. But then when a veteran can see where he can go, like sky's the limit and they just start running. And most times, like we just don't have that hill to attack because we're still so deep in our rut. But one trick that I've learned is give them a million dollars imaginatively, and almost instantly, they'd be like, Oh, I would start doing this. Well, then go fucking start doing that. Stop doing this over here because that's going to light you up and change your life.
1: Yeah. I, and I think it's also, like you said, like they stop at the first thing they say, Well, I'll just do this. Well, no, 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 you can keep going. Oh million dollars last quite a while. Yeah, and if you have it, a friend like
0: Michael Lee in your life, it could actually
1: last yeah, a lot longer. It, yeah, It will go a long way, but you don't need to stop. It's like you can do this while you're doing this, or you can try this out while you're trying doing this. I think the military is so linear, right? You go from one thing to the it's like I re, I was um I'm doing some volunteer work and it's for a uh, at risk academy here in California for teens, uh, but uh, uh, the National Guard runs it, so it's basic training you know, for, for, and I went there and I remember talking to my wife after I came back and I said, she's asked, well, how did it go? I said, it was good. You know, it's like, you know, got there. Cause I had to do orientation. It's like, how was it? She thinks it's going to be this fun, you know, orientation thing. I was like, no, it was kind of like I got there. Then I waited, then I got there and I waited for the next thing. And then I got there and waited for the next thing. And so we, I could, you know, I've done it, but she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, but that's, That's just how the organization runs. It has for 200 plus years, and that's how it's successful. So it's hard for people to come out of that and then be like, oh, you can do this while you're waiting for this. You don't, it's like, you don't have to sit in this room and wait to be excused. You can actually start planning your next thing you want to do while you're waiting to be excused, or you can start working on this while you're working on this at the same time and still have that million dollars growing for you that's going to be there. I think it's just that kind of removing that linear part of life. And now it's more all over the place. You can bounce here, there, and you have a lot more flexibility. And so that is, and it's hard, you know, to embrace that. And, you know, this, all this flexibility choices, you know, like, Hey, it's like you said, Ben, you have a million dollars. What are you going to do? You know, I'm
0: interested. We here. haven't spent much time there, but let's park here for a second. While we're on perspective, because it's been kind of a theme over the last week of a banana rants on perspective. And I've also just been talking to a lot of dads who need the perspective. How do you help your kids get perspective? What's your philosophy? What's your approach to make sure that your kids have enough perspective to figure out how they can plug into the world?
1: Well, I think, you know, obviously, kids, my kids, are, I have a, a 11, 10, and eight year olds. So they, they grew up these last couple of years in COVID and that very, especially being in California where things were very different out here for us you know, they, they lost a lot of perspective over the last couple of years, actually, they kind of forgot how the world works, how, how things happen, how things come about. So now uh, I'm much more aggressive. You know, I am, I sit them down even at a young age and talk about a budget. I talk about you make money and you got to make sure you make more money than what you spend so that you have money left over to do whatever you want to do and you have options. So I think, Again, it's having those honest conversations with them. I think some people think you can't have honest conversations with kids and you can. You just have to have within reason and make sure they understand at their level. But you, a budget's a pretty universal word. Uh, so I, you can start using it because kind of like in anything, if it's your it's the perspective, right? So if they go through life and they're 18 years old and all of a sudden they're 18 years old and they're out of high school and then they have their place and then they come to you, mom and dad and say, "Hey, well, what do I do? How do I pay for this? So like, we got to run a budget. Well, what's a budget? Well, they've never heard the word. So I think a lot of it is when you're with kids is you got to start t- telling them now about these things. You're probably not giving them concepts, but you're giving them terminologies and some things. And then you kind of just layer on it over time as they grow up. And then all of a sudden, they're 18 years old, 19 years old, and they got their own place. And they, have a, they know what a budget is. And they know they got to make more money than they spend for their place. That's a big head start in the world. So, it can, you know, I've seen, especially in my, in our industry or what we do, you you can, there's uh, financial uh, literacy is a really big problem in our, in our, in our country, in the world. People don't understand financial literacy, right? They don't really, they understand they go to a job and make a paycheck, but it goes back to what you, your question, right? If you have a million dollars, what are you going to do with it? Well, if you spend it all on traveling, well, if you park a hundred thousand dollars Spend the other nine hundred thousand, but you invest hundred thousand dollars, you might you're going to make more money than the original million that was given to you to keep. Spending. You're probably going
0: to get a good paycheck every month just from the interest. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to do people anything for a while.
1: But again, people don't realize that those those little things, you know, that can make a huge difference in your life and what you're going to do going forward, and give you so many more options, so much more. So when you get asked that question by um, by Ben, you can say, "Well, Ben." you know, with a million dollars, I can do X, X, and X, and X. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, that's, that's the whole purpose of it is to use your maximize your resources. And so, you know, kids, our kids are, um, and obviously growing up in a a military or being a military person myself being a soldier for life, you know, I, I still, I still kind of run my family like a unit because that's, you know, it's, that's not because I, that's just who I am. And that's what I, it's one of those transitions is, and my family jokes about it, all that my kids all the time are saying, geez, dad, you just are, you're like your little soldiers. And I'm like, but they are. And that's, I think that's that transition is you can still be your soldier for life and do the things that you found in that unit, but you make your family, your unit. Now I'll give you one. I
0: routinely just started doing this like last year. I tell the kids ears when I want them to pay (laughs) attention and then that's what they yell at you in boot camp but it works and it works. they don't know any difference but it gives me a little bit of humor and it, it gets them attention like ears listen up and pay attention what i'm about ready to tell you because the crux of parenting is we often start talking to kids and their mile their mind is 10 miles away and they're not listening i want to go to a one more spot that it got ties to money and i remember as an entrepreneur it was such a unique feeling that <laughs> when you get a check for whatever. I remember when I got my first $750 check for speaking for two hours of work. Figuring out that money can come from nowhere and it it doesn't have to be issued and that you can create it from nothing. That lesson is something that is extremely powerful as an entrepreneur. It's a lot of hard work and a lot of stress and anxiety not getting issued your money from a W-2 job. But that idea from having it as a kid is where I want to go. So I'm curious... Have you incorporated any like entrepreneurial like starting a business and realizing like you can create an idea out of nothing? Even I just learned this yesterday. Um, when it comes to ideas, of like there's still plenty of ideas out there. We put a man on the moon before we put wheels on a luggage suitcase. And so realizing that something as big as wheels on a suitcase was after putting a man on the moon, there's plenty of ideas out there. So I'm more curious, how do you incorporate like teaching them entrepreneur stuff of how to make money versus going to get it.
1: And you're speaking like what I teach to my kids? Yeah. Well, I think first is, you know, teaching them that, you know, of course, and then this, I grew up as a kid, I had chores. And, and my chores were not necessarily the standard chores. They were, you know, physical labor chores that I would do. And you make a little money for my parents and they, you put it in your piggy bank and next thing you know, you're, you're, you're making your own money. So I think right now, I think what, what the first thing we do is we establish that you, know, you, you work and you make money because even what you're saying is you had to work to get that speaking engagement. You had to put in, you had to be show initiative. You had to figure it out, go get it, perform, and then you're rewarded for that perform, for doing that work. And so right now we're trying to teach them like, if you go do this work, you're going to be rewarded for it. And that's the reward. It comes in that you earn this. This is yours and nobody else's and nobody else can take it from you. And you created this. And then we establish, well, with this, then you can go get X, X, and X. So you can go spend part of that million dollars that Ben's going to give you now because you're making it. Then once they establish that, hey, this is, you know, I work and I will be rewarded. Now it's like, well, what can I go? We're starting to teach them is what could you go do now? That's even to create more of that reward. That's not something we're giving to you. And that's the entrepreneurial side of things. And my wife and I are both very entrepreneurial type people. We have our own businesses. We, we like creating businesses. We like creating things. And it's a, like you said, it's a lot of work. It's hard, but it gives you a lot more financial freedom, flexibility, things. It's, and it's in your control. So that if, and we tell them, if you fail, it's because either you can't blame it on somebody else, you failed. But that's how you learn to be better the next time yeah so you only do- really fail when you quit as yeah. long as you didn't fail you're learning yeah. and when i always say the only way you ever learn is by failing anyways the only way you really learn to do something really well is you got to fail it at first because i don't really know too many people that jump into something and there's like geniuses you know there are people like that but it's very hard to come by so you have to actually so we we kind of make them fail we say hey you just didn't do it right but what didn't you do right or what went wrong and the next time do it even better. And the next thing you're becoming an expert at something or you're learning how to do something even better, but you're right, Ben, you don't, you, the only thing you do is you quit. That's when you really fail. But when you don't do something right or something doesn't work out, that's life. That's, but that's normal part of life is when things don't work out. Sometimes things don't work and they're completely out of your control. And that's normal. That's part of life. And I think the military does a good job of training us and teaching us that and showing us that. So when you come back from the military, I came back, I was like, I was pretty adaptable and I wasn't like that before I went into the military. I was very rigid. Everything had to go a certain way. And if it didn't, I just, I gave up. I was like, well, it just didn't go my way. It wasn't until I went to the military and the military gets kind of, I think, well, everybody's rigid. And the the military is actually kind of, they teach you, you have to be really adaptable and flexible because most of the time you're going against another enemy that doesn't care about you or they're not going to do it the way you want it. So when you come out, you're like, I was like, wow, it's, you know, you just got to, you got to go with it. You got to, you got to be flexible. Um, You got to be able to change. You got to be able to learn on the fly. And then, so those are, you know, but I think it starts with just the kids, like our kids, we just say, Hey, you got to do some chores and this is what you do. And this is a, it's a job. So they understand the concept of a job. I mean, a lot of people, I don't think under a concept of a job or a profession, I think that's also kind of Loss, you know, what is, I mean, our kids are like, oh, this is your profession or this is what you do. And it's like, yeah, this is what we do for a living. This is how we make a living and this is how we do it. And so we try to teach them those kind of concepts. And we know they probably don't fully understand it right now, especially the, our youngest son, but he does know he, it's like he came back from school yesterday, came home, ran up into my office in here and said, hey, how's it, you know, how's it going? How was work today, dad? So he understands that I'm working and doing stuff. And I think that's a huge step than just saying, oh, we just have all this stuff because it comes, we just have it. So
0: and I think it's a reminder that you don't win instantly. And I've adopted, especially Corona, and as a stay-at-home dad, I learned this, is it's not about getting every win. It's not about even like correcting every behavior. It's really parenting to the curve towards a direction that you want even investing. I mean, not every month is a good day in the market, but you're essentially investing to the curve of everybody generally over 30 years gets 8%. Not every day is 8%, but on average, you're going to get to 8%. And I think we often look for perfection and miss it in that you don't get everything right. You just reinforce over and over and over again. And eventually there's those days where they like, wow, that took three years and now they just got it. But now they know it. And now
1: they can do something with it. Well, sure. I mean, investing, we tell all our clients, you know, it's, it's not a sprint. It is a marathon and you're planning probably for 30, 40 years from now when you're starting your financial planning, or you should be, and it's going to have a lot of ups and downs. There's going to be some bad days. There to be some good days. Like right now, it's, if you're, if you're looking at the stock market, you're thinking it's like, I'm never going to retire, but this is just a small blimp in your life. This is only a peer, small period of over those 40 to 50 years. And I think it's hard, it's, but we talked about this in the kind of earlier in the, on the show, your show is about perspective. So if you have some perspective in life, realizing things go on for a long time, things can change very quickly you'll, when these moments come up, you were able to deal with them a lot better instead of being like, "Why quit or I'm not going to do this anymore because it's not working the way I want it to. So then you're like, well, no, this is just what happens. I'm going to adapt. So maybe this is a great time to actually get into the market because everything is cheaper on the market for pricing. So this is when you you want to be aggressive right now. So those are the things that like, if you're adaptable and have good perspective, you will be able to, like you compared the, the both the people getting out at the same time and how they're killing it maybe they're killing it because they're just, you know, being aggressive or they're, you know, they're trying to, you know, get the edge on everybody else instead of just saying, well, I wish I was still doing this or I wish I was still there. And that I'm stuck in that, you know, 10 years ago, you know, wh- where I was instead of like, where am I want to go, where I want to get to, how I want to spend that million dollars, make it last forever.
0: One of my favorite stories on perspective is the story of Plato so there was this guy after World War II, everybody switched to propane from coal heating their house. And so the, this wallpaper cleaner to get rid of the ash on the, out of the walls was no longer needed. And so this guy was like three or four days from closing shop. And this teacher friend he had saw this byproduct that he w- was of the process of creating this cleaner for the wallpaper. And she's like, this stuff is amazing. My kids in the classroom would really love it. That byproduct, three days away from uh, failure, became the billion dollar business we have today as Play Doh. So, the perspective that I learned from it was you never know, even at the last day of like it's almost over, three degree course correction, boom, billion dollars.
1: And I think for, you know, because you're talking to military veterans on your show, that's a skill set that most people don't have. Is that adaptability, the flexibility to be able to adjust? Yeah. Oh, you know, we can't ahead. go up
0: that hill. We got to go over this one.
1: Okay, okay, Regroup. Yeah, exactly, and that's. So I think it's like there's all these skill sets that the veterans have that they forget as soon as they get out. They think they don't exist anymore. Like they're gone. Like they're taken away because everything, a lot of thing in the military is given to you or told what you're going to do. And they can't take those those abilities away once they once you have them, and they become such a powerful tool. And you have such a leg up on the rest of the civilian world because they don't have all the perspectives you have. They didn't, they didn't have to have a choice to say, well, you got to get up the hill. I don't care how you get up there. You just get up it. And most of the civilian people are like, well, you got to get up the hill. They're like, well, I don't care. I'll just go do something else. Then I give up. And that's, but for military people say, like, Nope, we got to go conquer it. So this is now we're, we're going to go this way. So I think it's such, you just, I just think they forget that it's there that it's, 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 it's not removed when you retire or get out or no longer doing it full time. It's just, you're not, again, it's it's something individually in you that you got, you can still use. And I use it at Findex. That's why I said earlier, people always say, you you can tell how much the military gave you. Uh, my father says this, who was in the military for a long time. He says, you, he can see all these things I got from the military that I'm using now on the civilian side. And so I didn't give them up. I just gave up the being gone part and i think that's you know that i had to figure that part out I, that's what i didn't realize i was giving up at first i thought i was giving up everything and i realized all i was doing is giving up being away from home and i still have the fulfillment that i had in the military now the crazy part i figured this out i think last year
0: sometime the military ethos is train with your allies train to the edge of your skill level fail together and grow if that is not the philosophy we need to apply on the other side of veteran, being a veteran, I don't know what is. Because training with your allies, apply, getting to the point where you fail, like you reach your peak, but then realizing you can grow to a new peak, like the answer is right within the ethos of how the military operates, trains, and grows. But yet no one really incorporates that
1: as a, an ethos for our life going forward. No. No, it's, it's, well, and like you said, what, seven, 6% of the population in our country serves. So the other 90 plus percent, you know, you're kind of overruled, you know, majority rules type thing where you don't get to, and you tell somebody that and they'll look at you probably crazy. eyed, thinking like, what are you talking about, man? Like, huh? Yeah. Um, but I think that's where veterans can be so much more active out there to bring that to the rest of the population because it's, that's what makes the military so successful yep. and the best in the world. And I think that's where the messaging is lost is like don't stop being, you're not, you're never not a soldier once you are. You know, you're just doing it for a different unit, which is no longer called units or called companies or corporations or businesses, but you're still working with an organization, a unit to accomplish a mission. And you need those skill sets and ethos to be successful. So and I think that's I wish more people would in the military, real, you know, come and do that. And next thing you know, you, you know, that transition's easy because you're still doing what you love and being around the people you like. That's, and that.
0: applying the same process of
1: life, like it's, yep. you're not alone. No, no, you're not. It's you're not alone at all.
0: Well, Michael, I really appreciate this time and talking about. We didn't get a chance to talk much about being a dad until the very end there but we went into a lot of great areas so if people want to get connected more with fendec or get connected with you directly where's the best place people could go
1: um they can go to our website www.findec.com that's f-i-n-d-e-c.com go there and then you can reach out uh, to me or to anybody. Uh, I have to say being in the military, uh, I was a commander. So, you know, I was a big believer in that open door policy. So I have it everywhere I go with people. If you need, then that's that networking. You know, we talked about it, sharing it with the veterans is use that network to your advantage, because that's why we're here for each other. So even if it's non-financial related, it's just a veteran, a veteran question, you're transitioning or you, whatever it is, uh, you know, reach out to that network. If it's not me, build that network and find find the start to create that network for you that's going to carry on to your next phase of life.
0: Well, again, Michael, thank you for coming on the podcast today. And I look forward to the next time because I'm positive this friendship is just getting started.
1: Perfect. Well, I appreciate all your time today, Ben. Thank you again.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope that episode, as always, delivered on the mark and got you thinking new thoughts, believing in yourself in new ways, and given you a path to hopefully step in to be the dad that you want to be tomorrow. I know that episode left a mark on me, and that is why you're here, to listen to what exactly that episode did for me and how it changed my thinking. Never interviewing a reservist in this particular way. I've interviewed reservists, but I've never dove into the idea of how many different types of people, if you are in the reserves, you actually meet, because these are people living two lives. They come into the military twice a week or one week in a month, twice, two weeks a year. Sorry, I got to get it right there. And they meet people from all walks of life doing life in so many different ways. And I've never considered how much perspective that a reservist would have over someone who served active duty. And often, I don't even know if a reservist truly sees the perspective and the opportunity to have so many conversations with people at so many different walks of life and essentially... Go to the central spoke of a central life. If you think of life as a wheel, you're going to the central spoke when you go to your reserve duty and all these people have lives on the outside of the spoke, but you all get to see each other and understand where they are at on the outside of the spoke. And it's very difficult to see from one end to the other on a spoke until you go to the middle and then you can see all of it. So that was my big takeaway is understanding the perspective that a reservist can bring to their transition to life, and also just helping other people figure out how to live life, because they have a perspective, just like I said, that is unique. And while serving on active duty, we have an also perspective that we see the world generally, we travel the world, we get deployed, we get moved around a lot. But how often are we interacting with people at different levels of the world? How many potentially business owners are we connecting with on active duty? How many potential doctors are we connecting with on active duty? Generally, very few. So that was my big takeaway. And if you're a reservist, I hope that you really harnessed that idea. Or if you were a reservist, think back to maybe that perspective that you haven't yet capitalized on and see what you can do with it in your life. If you got value out of this episode, one thing, if one favor I could ask if go over to iTunes if you're on an iPhone and leave an iTunes rating and review. Open up that purple podcast icon, click Military Veteran Dad, scroll all the way to the bottom. There is a button that says Write a Review. Love to read every one of those. They mean the world to me, and they help validate the people searching on Apple Podcasts for new and exciting podcasts. to so Listen to those reviews, your value that you got out of this episode means the world to me and to other people that are looking for Apple Podcasts. If there is ever anything that I can do, let me know. If there's an episode that you need, if there's a conversation that you feel is missing, let me know. Ben at com. I am always an open book. I am always willing to answer questions, dive in, or even hop on a phone call. You can head over to BenCloy.com, and up in the right-hand corner, there is a Design Your Legacy Free Call because legacy is the one thing we talk about in this podcast the most. Your family is your legacy. And it's one thing we often don't design with intentionality until it's often too late or we realize like, you know what? There's a fork in the road a few years ago. I didn't realize it was a fork. So com, upper right-hand corner. Or if you want to just drop me an email, ben at com. Guys, that is it we have for you this week. Have an amazing week, and I'll be back again with you guys for another episode on Monday.